Hello, everyone. Looks like we're live for not episode 20, but 26. We've been doing this for quite some time this year. Uh, the rest of the industry has a... I don't know if we just went live or we've been live for a few seconds, so I apologize for that. I already did the intro. So everyone watching, welcome again to episode 26. This is our latest installment of Fan Fuel, the podcast where fans feel talk about motorsport. I'm joined, as always, by Nathan Ball and Colton Cranmore and Jared Bakaisa this week as well. And I, of course, am Alex Harrington. This week is the first of two weeks off um, in the NASCAR pseudo summer break. So first off, you know, what have you guys been doing now that we've been physically and mentally drained having no NASCAR? Well, uh, so last week I got to experience my first World of Outlaws sprint car race down in Lernerville, Pennsylvania, which for anyone watching, I guess that's it's kind of uh, northeast of Pittsburgh for geological reasons. I'm not really good at explaining places since it's my home place, so I can't really use the shortcuts and terms that I would normally use. But it's kind of like about an hour northeast of Pittsburgh, per se. And that was a pretty pretty good race. Christopher Bell raced his dirt car there so uh kyle larson was on the program sheet but of course he was a no-show and it kind of disappointed me i'm like man i kind of wanted to see all the hoopla of kyle larson on dirt but just as a racing fan in general i thought the world of outlaw sprint cars were definitely something you should check out i know it's kind of hard to like watch them live because you have to pay for the dirt vision tv to actually see them race but they do come they do travel all around like the united states i think i saw in their program they go to the 80, they have like 82 races in the season. They just travel. Usually, yeah. some, usually sometimes it's like a two, like usually like a Friday, Saturday, they'll race at like two local tracks. And I know the world of outlaws, uh, late models, they actually were supposed to race at one of my local dirt tracks. That's actually 40 minutes away from here, but the weather kind of canceled that out and I didn't get to go. But I would just say, if you get a chance to go check out the world of outlaws, whether it's the sprint cars or late models, it's definitely something you should check out. I paid $35 for a ticket and it came with a pit pass upgrade. So I was able to walk around the pits and wow. that was, it was honestly like pretty cool. Like it was very, it was basically like a hot pass in NASCAR, but a lot cheaper, but like all the drivers were out and then like you could see them like legit working on their cars. Like the crew members would talk to you if you want, if they had time. Like I got a picture with Christopher Bell and my new favorite driver is Sheldon Hoddenshield. I also got him to sign my NOS can, which I think I actually have right here. Hey, Dalton. There you go. Welcome to Smashville. Yeah, I got him to sign my NOS, NOS Energy oh, yeah. can, which, which they, so were, cool. they, they were giving out three NOS Energy cans there, which I was not actually expecting. I went up to one of the booths, and I was I had my wallet out ready to go because I'm like, all right, I'm going to spend like three bucks here and get a NOS. And the dude's like, yo, it's free, and just started handing them out. I could go. I went back, got, tried another two flavors, and next thing you know, I had like 400 milligrams of caffeine in my system for the ride home. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I had deep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Basically. Colton almost falling there. But, oh, no, yeah. I'm adjusting my chair. I'm good. I just had a NOS. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, the race experience itself was actually pretty cool. I really loved the everyone's seen the you know how they do the four wide salute thing or whatever like yeah that, that just hype that they that lived up to the height like hype i was really excited to see that i'm like wow this is badass and then next thing you know the fireworks are coming off four wide salute and like we're ready to go i was all ready to go and then uh yeah got to see get basically 
you just hear like the horsepower and every, everything there. Like the dust was flying everywhere. I'm like, wow, this is awesome if you're a race fan. So if you ever get a chance, if they're around your local area or follow them online, see where they're at, definitely check them out. I know the Knoxville Nationals are coming up, and I think I saw yeah. on their site they have at least 60 entries so far right now. So yeah. I think that's going to be a pretty good show. Yeah, definitely. If you if you are anywhere near Knoxville, Iowa, you need to go check that out. Um, also, just to kind of piggyback off of Jared, he said that the uh, schedule is kind of long for the World of Outlaws, both the late model and the sprint cars. But sadly, if you're like me and you live in the southeast, you're not going to see the sprint cars unless you go to Charlotte at the end of the year or the beginning of the season down in Florida for the speed weeks down there. So just uh, be paying attention to that. Uh, do go see the late model shows. They're a little bit longer, uh, but a lot less hectic. I did want to ask you, Jared, though, this was your first experience at a dirt track, you know, um, but also something that's unique about Learnersville is unlike racetracks. I know like you've been to like Jennerstown, and of course, all the cup racetracks that you've been to and everything that we see on TV. Learnersville doesn't have a wall all the way around. It, it only has a wall on the front straightaway. So what did you think of that, just being there? I actually didn't even, like, think about it until I actually got there. I'm like, whoa, they don't have a walls there, especially, like, in turn one and then turn three or like, whatever. I'm like, ooh, that's pretty – that's, like, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, I was like, man, what happens if they flip? And guess what? I actually saw – I saw two cars flip, like, and actually my, my boy Sheldon, actually, he flipped in turn three. Caution came out. He go fixes the wing. Guess what? He drives all the way back up to ten. So I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. I guess all I right. really – so I, I thought that was pretty interesting. I guess as a driver, I feel like that'd be kind of like cool, you know, because like you're just trying to sling it there on the wall. And I guess like, honestly, I think like that's a real uh, underrated like series or whatever, because I feel like there's not that many like podcasts or anything about that. I have, I've been looking on Twitter. I don't know if anyone wants to try to plug me on that, but like, I feel like that's one of those sports that kind of. Yeah, Wing Nation. I did see that one. Yeah. That, that's pretty much about it because, like, I know I follow a bunch of people in the NASCAR community and see all their podcasts, but it would be kind of cool. I'm kind of trying to branch out into that just because that's a lot of local stuff. And I do have – I have, like, three three local dirt tracks that are all within, like, 45 minutes to an hour away from me. I just – I don't really go to them as much just because I know that when it gets to the features, it's like the truck race, and it's always, like, cautions every three laps because you have your yeah. average you have your average shows out there racing. Like, nothing against that. I'm just, just pointing that out there. The sprint car race was pretty good. I thought it was uh, interesting how, like, quick they got everything going. Like, they did their hot laps, and, like, right after that, they did their heat races, and then right into that, they did, like, the B main and then the feature all, like – just like that like it was super quick like they didn't have any like dilly dally time it was just like let's go let's get racing because the race was i think all, all the hot laps and stuff all started at like six and i think like as the checkered flew it was 9 30 and you got all that racing in like just like that so i thought yeah I thought, I thought that was pretty good yeah and they're usually really good if they're not going to go out there um and do something like that for the racetrack itself usually the racetracks that host these bigger national series are used to getting shows done very quickly because they know that these guys got to pack up because they're going racing tomorrow night. And then, you know, usually with your midweek shows, like I think you went to I went um, on Tuesday. Yeah. So that's, that's better for anybody. Um, if you're done at nine 30, you, you can ride home and get right up for school or work on, on the next day. Um, and Colton, I do want to pass this uh, uh, conversation off to you as what you've been doing, but you're, you're kind of someone who knows about, uh, the ebbs and flows of different short tracks and whether or not they're they're getting on uh, on their own track. Uh, so what have you been doing on the break so far? 
Uh, go to my local short track every Saturday. Um, right now it's rodeo season in Cheyenne. Um, if y'all aren't familiar with Cheyenne, we host the world's largest outdoor rodeo every year. Um, this whole town of about 60,000 people floods with about an extra 300, 400,000 people. Wow. So we're sitting, yeah, about 350, 400,000 in the population right now. Um, so that's going on. Today's the halfway point. Uh, we had Garth Brooks play already. We had the PBR two nights of. Um, it, it's a pretty big deal here. I mean, you can go out to the, the fairgrounds just, I don't know, eight blocks north of me here, and uh, you can go see 75,000, people out at the fairgrounds um, just hanging out, drinking that's beer, crazy. doing all the things that I like to do. Yeah, so I went out on Friday night and had a good time, saw Garth. Um, other than that, just hanging out at home. We just moved into a new place, so I got the new room kind of set up. Um, really, the girlfriend did. Um, so hopefully I'm going to put some stuff right there. I don't know if she's going to like it, but I'm going to do it. So Got to get some decorations yeah. up there. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I got, I got something good. Y'all wait. Oh. All right, well, uh, we'll pass the conversation on to Nathan. What have you been doing with your time off? Any carton or anything? You know, not really anything racing related. Um, one thing I will say is it, it does feel weird waking up on Sunday morning with nothing to do. Um, it's probably the first Sunday in the entire year where I went to the gym. So I definitely can't complain because I'm used to just sitting there doing nothing all day. So it gives me one extra day to actually do something productive. But I know it's not going to last long, so I might as well enjoy it while I can. Um, other than that, I just ordered some new wall decorations that should be here hopefully in a month. I don't know how domestic shipping goes. So we're going to have to find out. All right. Well, sounds like we've all been pretty busy. I've just been at home doing a little bit of nothing. Uh, we had some friends over Saturday night and hung out, introduced them to NASCAR in a very unique way. But other than that, um, I've, I've really just been doing nothing. We're going to a Atlanta Braves game. I'll take Myra to her first one. That's my fiance, for those of you who don't know, um, this uh, weekend because my parents are taking us. So that's going to be something fun to do. Um, outside of the world of racing. And other than that, I've been racing with the Fan Fuel Motorsports car from uh, the uh, All-American ARCA Series. I've been the number 85 car, and I've had two races, and they are not too uh, too hot. I had a uh, kind of a kink with getting on a pit road at Talladega this week, and um, another car didn't make it, so I didn't make it, and then I got held in a and a lap down for coming in dangerously. Came back on a lead lap, didn't get nothing. And then the weekend before, I just got taken out by a car that was 30-plus laps down. So I'm going to try and get that <laughs> like Fan Fuel Motorsports car. Yeah, I'm going to try and get that Fan Fuel Motorsports car to the front uh, Friday night at Nashville Fairgrounds. Um, so we'll see what happens over there in the All-American ARCA Series on iRacing on Friday. But other than that, I mean, the industry is loving this two-week break. I don't know if fans are so much, so I gotta ask: If this Ooh. becomes a staple, are you guys gonna be okay with that? Um, you know, just from a fan perspective. I think I would be okay with it as a like from a fan perspective, because like, as I've gotten older and working and stuff, I realize that hey, maybe a two week break actually isn't so bad. And if we can get some more KFB summer videos every single year, I'm I'm a hundred percent okay with that, and I'm on board with that. But yeah, basically, like I said, like just from working in like media and stuff, I can see that it's real nice for it's nice for those guys to get a break. I know like the crew members are probably enjoying their time off, their families, the drivers probably. 
like enjoying time off their family because like we've seen in the past where like we'd have breaks in like june or whatever like towards the end of june then we just go straight from like july to november or like you know what i mean so i think yeah. good i think it's good for the drivers and especially like with the playoffs and stuff coming up i think we went we got like four four races and then the playoffs start so i think like kind of right now is honestly a pretty good time you know like let's enjoy you know like this is like the peak mid midpoint of the summer for everyone i know a lot of things like like i said playoffs and everything's going to be starting back up in the fall so i think now would be a great time for drivers teams media everyone just take take a two-week chill break and enjoy your summer and then just come back ready focused and let's go for the playoff push yeah i like the break um if you think about the entire nascar season everything from valentine's day through halloween um memorial day july 4th labor day um valentine's day any big holiday um they don't get to spend with their families um, you think of how many birthdays and graduations and things that all these crew members and drivers miss. Um, I think it's super cool to give them two weeks off in the middle of the year. You know, I get paid holidays. I don't see why we can't give these teams a couple weeks break. Yeah. Um, and it gives me a chance to reset and kind of break up the monotony of uh, the same weekly schedule. Um, now I'm finding other things to do on Sunday. Um, I have to actually fill my calendar with stuff and try to do around the house. So, um, you know, knock some things off the honey-do list. Um, it, it's a good break. I like it. And then, like Jared said, you kind of come back refocused and re-energized for the rest of the season. Um, we had the short dash before the playoffs, um, and then we hit hard for 10 straight weeks. You know, constant drama, this shitty format of the manufactured Game 7. Um, but I, I kind of like the two weeks off. Yeah, I'm fine with it. The only thing that kind of confuses me is that they tend to stagger. It's what's at the exact same time that every other motorsports breaks are. Um, F1 will go on probably a four-week break after this week. Um, IndyCar is going to be off for four weeks before their next race. So I think if they're going to do like a short two-week break, I think they should maybe move it up a week or something because knowing other motorsports audiences are not going to have anything to do, give them a chance to where they can come in and watch NASCAR for a week when they don't have anything else because, you know, there's a slim chance that maybe those people that are coming from IndyCar or whatever – see a race and they want more of it. So I think it'd be smart to stagger it. Yeah. Um, I'm sort of in the same vein. Uh, I'd like the two week break. I don't like where it's at on the schedule. We've got four races to the playoffs and it's kind of crunch time when we go back. So just kind of breaking the momentum during the race to the chase, as it used to be called, I think it's kind of an odd way to do it. Um, I kind of wouldn't mind if they did it between the break uh, you know, put the break in between the NBC and Fox seasons or, you know, let's go to road America on July 4th um, and then have two weeks off uh, or have two weeks off right before the playoffs. But right here, it's just kind of an awkward placement for me just with the flow of the season. If we didn't have a playoff, I'd say this is the perfect time to have it. Um, maybe shift mm -hmm. it a couple weeks down. Like Nate said that, uh, or up. I mean that, that way, like Nate said, we had racing while other series did it. So we could capitalize on some viewership, even, uh, uh, you know, in the U.S., not just international. Um, with that being said, our main topic for tonight is going to be over, under, um, and it's overrated. Is it underrated? Um, it doesn't matter the subject. We've all got a list of a couple of things that we want to talk about that we think is going to be a hot take with not only ourselves and the uh, other three hosts on here, but the fans. And uh, Colton said he's got uh, a 30-person uh, list, I guess. So, Oh, wow. So we'll, wow. Hey. 
We're gonna we're gonna get a few of these in. Um, we're gonna try and be done tonight in around an hour um, max show. So we got another forty five ish minutes of doing this. So uh, let's go ahead and start with Jared. What is your first over or underrated topic? Uh, let's go driver. I'm gonna bring up my okay. guy. I was a low key Casey Kane fan. So what do you guys think, over or underrated? Ooh, this is a tough one for me. What do you like, think, Jared? Well. I think he, I think he's a little bit underrated. I got I gathered some stats from my statistician knowledge of following Casey Kane throughout the years. He only has 18 wins in the Cup Series, which right. Hey, that's a good number. It's it's a decent. It's a pretty good yeah, number. Yeah, that's more than only. You look at some of the stats and accomplishments he had. He was the 2004 Rookie of the Year. He had 13 top fives in his rookie season. He was the 2006, 2008, and 2012 Coca-Cola 600 winner. He also won the 2008 fan vote and then went on to win the All-Star race. And like I said, the following week, he went on to win the 600. He also won the 2017 Brickyard race. And one of my favorite races he won was the 2014 Atlanta race to basically lock himself into the playoffs. No. That frustrated me so much being there. I saw Casey really? Kane win that race three times, and it pissed younger me off. So really, so wow. yes. Okay, I, I did not want to hear why. Is it yeah, just because he's yeah, the same winner? He was. It was. He was just winning so much at Atlanta at that point. Yeah, he was. I couldn't stand him. Half for a yeah, while. he always won. I think what was the two thousand six. Yeah, he, he won, like won all the miles. He won. He swept the Charlotte races. I'm pretty sure he won like at least one of the Atlanta races and. But yeah, he held Charlotte for a while. I also will say my favorite scheme was probably his number four Red Bull car. I have a strong, Definitely. like strong affection go. to that. That's a holy growth, I guess. That number four. Car. I know. I you, like, you, wish you go, I could you, find that for cheap. Yeah, you go to the go on eBay. You can find it for like three hundred dollars or whatever. But I, I, lo I just love that four, like the number four font and the whole scheme. And mm -hmm. I, I know his like racing team, the Casey Kane Racing the Sprint Cars, like they run that same font. It's just, yeah. it's hard. I love that. I love how they do that swoosh with the four, or the nine, or. Either way, but he also have to look like towards the end of the career, his career. I feel like he didn't get as much like of a send off. Like I know he was having those right. like, hydration issues because I remember I kind of felt bad because like he his last race was that uh, Southern Five Hundred and he was doing like a throwback scheme of his old mm -hmm. nine with the ninety five and and it ended up being his last race. I'm like, man, that that kind of sucks. Like he didn't really get. I don't think he really got like a fair send off. And right. I think I think I remember reading things. Wasn't he supposed to race? I think they were having him sign next year. I was kind of excited to see mm -hmm. how he was going to do with Toyota the next year with that, that kind of cool. like Joe Gibbs yeah. racing funding back there. But either way, I think he's got a little bit underrated. I feel like, like I said, I don't think he gets as much recognition. I don't I don't know about Hall of Fame bound, but still, I think he mm -hmm. deserves to be up there and like one of the top. Plus, like he was obviously he was a super big fan favorite coming into the series because he was that young, good-looking lad coming up into the Cup series. But he was a good, marketable guy, and I think some of his mid-time career, you know, with the big Everham fallout there, I don't think that really helped his career as much as it could have. And I know he didn't really do as well at Hendrick as he could have been, but I still think I don't think he got the best send off as he could. His career kind of just dwindled down, and he just one of those guys that just got swept under the rug. Like, yeah, Casey Kane used to race, but. That's just my opinion. I think he's a little bit underrated, but yeah, I, 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 think, I think I can agree I, with that. I, can, I think the thing with me is that like, I've always thought that he was one of the guys that simultaneously, he can be over or under depending on where you put him. I think the biggest knock on him that I could have found was that he never really had a year where he was other than 2006, where he was like a major title contender. Um, like he would win races, but 
you know, I don't think he ever had 20 top tens in a season, which is crazy to think of for a guy with that many wins. And part of it is probably the teams. Um, I don't know if Everton was ever like a top three team in the series aside from mile and a half. So I don't know. I think his natural talent though, like it's there. He's definitely one of the more gifted drivers to come into cup. I did. I did see. Actually, I've been following him on Twitter. He is actually going to be racing some dirt, like some uh, sprint races later in the year. He's been, so I have been following around on that. So that's pretty cool that he's race. He'll be racing sprint cars again. I can't remember the last. I think he didn't. I don't know if he raced last year or not, but I do know I did see on Twitter he will be racing a couple sprint cars here soon. So yeah, and yeah. that should be a little bit easier on it for his health stuff because they are shorter yeah. sprint mm-hmm. races. Uh, not to pose irony with the names there, uh, but Colton, how about your first over underrated subject? Um, I'll keep it as a driver here. I'm going to go underrated Ricky Rudd. I can I smell that from a mile away, man. Yep. Like, I knew the moment you posted this last night, I was like, yeah. I know who he's going to pick. A lot of people forget about Ricky. Um, he was one of my favorites, old Rooster, um, the original Iron Man. Um, he had, I mean, so many races in a row that he started. Um, Famously duct taped his eyes open so he could race in the day yeah. 100 after his wreck in the clash. Um, some stats. He has 23 career wins. He was the 1992 IROC champion. Um, he was the 1997 Winston Cup Rookie of the Year. Raced all the way through 2007. That's 31 seasons. That's Jeez. quite a long career. Um, and he had 16 straight seasons with a win. When a lot of people think of like dominance, um, Earnhardt didn't have a stretch like that. Daryl Waltrip didn't have a stretch like that. Um, the only two that are close are Ricky Rudd, Richard Petty, and Kyle Busch. Which um, is crazy to think of. Like, he would literally, like, if you look on his stats, he just one win, one win, one win. He's always there. And, yep. and there was a year, I don't know if it was like the first or second year that he was in the 28 where he was like a real title contender. Was it 2001, maybe? Yeah, 2001. Yep. That was pretty cool to see because he, I guess he drove for his own team for a while. And then mm-hmm. yeah, the moment I, he I, left I, that team, he instantly, like, maybe he could have done more if he wasn't on his own team. I think some of those drivers, especially when you talk about someone like Ricky Rudd, who was in the Cup Series for so long, is that they become underrated because people weren't around for their prime. And so when you right. see someone like a Darren Waltrip or a Ricky Rudd run through just, I guess, yeah. bad years of the latter half of their career, they think, oh, well, this guy's not that good. He's just another field filler, not realizing just how. So I can see how you could keep him underrated. What about you, Nathan? What What's your um, driver for this topic? I'm going to go different motorsport here, but I'll keep a driver. Okay. I think I'm going to go Jensen Button. Um, okay. Yes, he is loved in his home country of Britain, but he doesn't seem to get as much media love as the other guys. Um, the re- Two reasons being is that you look at the teammates he went up against when he was at McLaren. His first major teammate in McLaren was Lewis Hamilton. He actually scored more podiums in Hamilton in their time together from 2010 to 2012. Wow. And another interesting stat is that he's the only teammate to ever outscore Lewis Hamilton by double-digit points, and he did so in 2011. And then if you thought that wasn't enough, um, after a couple years with some other drivers, his next teammate was Fernando Alonso, which is another lofty task. Um, And he gave him a pretty hard time. He didn't really outright beat him like he did with Hamilton, but he still gave him a super hard time. And on top of that, he was known for being a really good rain driver. Um, he was basically the master of changing conditions. He won, I think, almost 10 of his 15 wins in the wet, which is crazy. And to think about it, he pretty much went head-to-head in the same car against the two best drivers 
in this era in Hamilton Alonzo and he beat one of them and he came out really good against the other one. So I don't yeah. I don't think that gets enough credit. Yeah, I think he might be underrated just a bit because I mean other than him coming out and winning the uh, driver's championship with Braun in 2009. What did he do? Well, he, like you said, faced off against world-class teammates and then the Sebastian Vettel dominance. Yeah. So, and another I mean, fact, I can, oh, sorry. Another fact is no, that go ahead. when you go online and you look at the teammate-based driver comparisons, the two greatest records in history against teammates, Fernando Alonso, 70% win rate against teammates. Lewis Hamilton, 64% win rate against teammates. He beat one of those guys, and he almost beat the other one. So, like, he pretty much was their biggest threats, which is crazy to say. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to bring it back to the NASCAR world, and you guys have all put in underrated drivers. I'm going to put in one overrated, and I know this is going to get a lot of hate from the listeners here, but guess what? This man has 26 wins in the NASCAR Cup Series. And if you don't know where I'm going, I think only because these – people put him in the hall of fame and he's just only been retired since 2017. I think that at this current moment, because of the hall of fame nomination, Dale jr. Is overrated. I yeah, think, I think just, that's fair, but I don't yeah, know. I just, right. He, he's in the hall of fame so early. It makes me think right. that they think, like, I think maybe should have waited some exceptional thing, you know, like 26 wins is better than most, but it's not really, that like first ballot, you know, right? It's not like first and ballot. Like I would say, like forty or more wins is like a first ballot thing for me, right? So, so for me, he's a little bit overrated just based on the fact that they put him in the Hall of Fame, and I can see one. Colton shaking his head. Colton's what do you got to say about that? Look at him. It's the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Wins. Okay, yeah, was the most popular driver in NASCAR. I mean, that's fair. That's Anyone fair. who isn't even a NASCAR fan know who Dale Jr. is. Hall of that's fame, fair. That's name. fair. I just don't okay. know if that's a skill set. That's just like a that's, that's like a birthright. I'll see, Nathan's Nathan's got my back here. Okay. Uh, look, so, I'm not gonna I'm what, not gonna go either way on this. Like, I'm just gonna say listen, that no, he's no, a very what, good driver. What, I will go there. What exactly in in the stats column did he bring over some of the guys that he jumped? Right. I can um, say that he is definitely a Hall of Famer, but to put him see. in just three or four years after he's retired, based on just who did he jump? Why? I, uh, let me see. He jumped Harry Gant. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they were necessarily like better than he was. I think, I think obviously the the other. I just think the distance between when you retire and get into the Hall of Fame should be more than four years. That that that's that's why I think he's overrated. Well, here's no. what I here's what I think about this. Like as a driver, I think you could say overrated because like you saw, like he didn't rack up as many wins. Like if let's say like if Denny Hamlin doesn't get like a first ballot hall of fame, then I think you can kind of look at like, well, that's different. But if you look at it from the marketing perspective and stuff, like he okay. was a big, huge boost with like the NASCAR. I'm back. Yeah. Oh, Nathan's back. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I would say the tough thing for me is that his career kind of reads like an unfinished book to me. Like he had a couple really good years early on. And then after 2006 with the DEI thing, things kind of spiral down. Then he wins a race for Hendrick and then he just goes really down. And then by the time he finally writes the ship, it's too late into his career to really, you know, win double digit races. So I think, right. I, I think it's, look, it's a frustrating Jerry. career. 
Yeah, but what would, what Jared was starting to say was starting about marketing and stuff. That kind of picks up for the lack of anything happening. I, yeah, I think I, yeah, yeah, I think I think that really makes up for some of the wins because, like you, like Colton just said, like if you say Dale Jr., everyone's like, oh, he was a NASCAR. Like that's something like right. you identify with someone. You know, like you got that eight Budweiser car. Like I'm sure back then in the bars and still probably bars now, like those sports type bars. I'm mm-hmm. sure you're gonna see at least some sort of picture of a Budweiser eight car or something. Yeah, there. like so my for, restaurants, they have. Yeah. That. Point proven. So, yeah, ba- so basically, from uh, listen, a marketing all standpoint, all I'm saying, go ahead. Yeah, basically, all I'm all I'm saying too is just from a marketing perspective or whatever. Like he's definitely good. He's good for the sport, whether you're not about his career or whatever. But like even now, right. like he still's got JRM going on. And like honestly, like I'm sure if he made some calls, I'm pretty sure he could probably get enough sponsorship to go race a one-off cup race if he really truly wanted to. You know, I don't right. disagree with any of that. But at the end of the day, you gotta say. When it comes down to the numbers, to be four years out of retiring, this is not a Hall of Fame career yet. You look back on this in 15 or 20 years, of course Dale Jr. gets in the Hall of Fame, but why rush him in? There are plenty of other names um, from the past that could have gotten in that haven't been in yet. Why? I mean, why are we Why are we I doing think, this? I, I don't I think know. he's Dale Jr. Right. Still, I think that's yeah, the thing. People are separating in there. Like, there's, you know, they separate the off-track from the on-track and all that stuff, and I think – I do think Alex's point holds a lot of water from like an on track standpoint. Um, I don't think he was bad at all. Um, he was no. probably one of the nine or 10 better drivers in the series for the better part of his entire career. I don't think he was the best. There was maybe 2014, 2015 were probably the two best years. <laughs> Is my internet dying again? No, no. We're just. I was gonna say, I was like, I'm just gonna stop if my internet's dying right now. Yeah, from a, from yeah. a driver perspective, he's kind of like a Greg Biffle type, you know. Like he'll rack yeah. off a couple wins here and there. It's like that's the comparison yeah. I always think of. Like you know, yeah. you take away Earnhardt Jr. from his name, he's yeah, basically he's, like, right. yeah, he's like a or case like Kenny Reagan, maybe. Yeah. Like yeah, he had yeah. a really that's crazy like early a, career, then nothing, so and then it's back up again. Yeah. So I mean. Like I said, just based off the Hall of Fame stuff, he's overrated. Of course, he's great for the sport. Of course, he has talent because he wouldn't have been able to win. Of course, he probably would have done better in his career if he didn't have the circumstances with his dad's death, um, that she who shall not be named, um, ruining the race team, and then also just the um, the concussion after concussion stuff there at the end. Um, but moving on, Jared, uh, go ahead and bring up your next topic for over or underrated. Oh, let's go with paint schemes next. I'm going to throw this one back. This was kind of, it used to be like a little bit of my favorite back in the day. I know the driver wasn't that good. Hall of Fame racing, number 96, DLP car. That's That's a big yes. That's that's one that always stuck out to me. I love the color schemes. I don't don't know. I just really like the cool design that they have. with. So do you feel like it's over or underrated based on popular? Underrated because, like I said, the drivers the drivers that ran it aren't really that known. Like nobody really knew who Tony Reigns. I know Terry Labonte raced it a couple times, right. but it was also towards the tail end of his like full time career, yeah. so it just kind of got under there. But DLP was pretty big because I remember like I mm-hmm. I got into NASCAR around that time, and I remember they always put there was a lot of DLP commercials if you guys don't remember. Mm-hmm. So and Tony yeah. Reigns was in it, and like the big elephant or whatever. I thought like, yeah, that's pretty cool. DLP and Kyle wrote, Busch like winner race. Yeah, Kyle Busch ra- with that scheme. Yeah, he ra- he won that in Texas, the eighteen DLP car. But I, I don't know. I just like as a designer and stuff. I really liked how that color flow like 
not too much of one thing like the blue black yeah, and the good. green like you don't really i don't i can't really think of any other blue black and green cars out there right now but i just thought that was a pretty cool underrated scheme that no one really talks about just ba- just like i said just based off the drivers that ran it yeah uh, yeah i don't think we i don't i'm not gonna argue that i think it's a good thing yeah so colton on the topic of paint schemes what about you you know i posted something different in the group chat i'm gonna change it last minute and throw Ooh, it on all right. Um, I'm going to go an overrated paint scheme. There you go. Oh, okay. Jeff Gordon's 24 DuPont with the red flames on the blue body. Oh, wow. You're oh, going to offend most oh, of the, the, oh, the fans. The a lot of people will hate this, but I'm just yeah. going to say it right here. Flames fucking suck. Like, they're just overdone. Like, it's they're too almost like, flames suck. It's too okay. cliche, I feel like. like yeah, if you're a and it's car, like. If you're a race car think, driver, I feel like that's super late. Six-year-oldish, you know, like oh, yeah, yeah. You hit the nail right on the head. But like that's literally your race car bed has flames on it, right? Race car. No, I agree completely. I think the only car that looked good with flames was his Nicorette car with the yellow green flames and the Byron car looked pretty good last year with like the white in the blue. That was very rarely can flames be done good. Right, twenty-four Dupont car did not do flames good. I don't know why people like this fucking scheme so much. Probably just because it's Jeff Gordon. Uh, and it's probably. because most people get into NASCAR, like most people on Twitter in their 20s, right? And they get into NASCAR when they're kids. And obviously yeah. the flames are going to stick out to the kid the most. Yeah. You know, everybody's paint scheme tastes actually change the older they get. And I think that kind of happened to me almost. Yeah. But I wasn't really like, I never loved that paint scheme a lot as a kid. Yeah. All right, then. Um, so on that note, Nathan, give All us right. a paint scheme that's um, over or underrated. I'm going to go modern overrated paint scheme. It actually races okay. on Sundays right now. Um, okay. I think Alex Bowman's Ally 48 is just – I don't see the hype around it. It's not, I'm not saying it's a bad paint scheme. I don't want to offend people. But I see a bunch of, like, younger people that are, like – they always put this paint scheme in their top three paint schemes of the year, and I'm like, I don't, I don't see what's super special about it. I'm more of, like, a simplistic guy, so maybe that's why I don't see the beauty in it. But I just – even though it might not be a bad scheme, I just don't think it's like, I just don't see it as my, like, you know, best of the best. Yeah, I, I let know. the designer kind of chime in on this, but for me, I'm just kind of middle of the road. I like the Jimmy Johnson rally scheme better, but I don't know. I, that, I'm i just kind of on the cool. fence with that. Yeah, like, I don't like the hood. That's it. Like, I like the, I'm fine with the size, just the hoods are busy. Um, for me, uh, if I'm going to say something, I'm just going to say this. I don't think about paint schemes too, too often. My favorite paint scheme is written mask number 75, Remington scheme, the yellow, orange, and green scheme. And I don't know if other people like it. So if that is a general consensus, then I'll say that's underrated. Other than that, I have nothing to add. Yeah. All right. Roll us to the next topic, Jerry. All right. So I think we made a mutual decision. Let's get into seasons over and underrated seasons. So I know a lot of people love to bring up like the 2011 season or mm-hmm. uh, new play, any of these newer seasons. I know a lot 2014 of Chicago. That's like 20, the go-to Twitter race. Yeah, everyone, like- every, everyone loves those seasons. Let's throw it back one. I'm going to go back to 2006. This was the year that I started to get into NASCAR a little bit. One, okay. it also helped a lot with marketing. There was two big hit, big hit movies that were released that year, Talladega Nights and Cars. There was a cars Harvey Fully Loaded. Movie I've ever seen. Don't forget Harvey Fully Loaded. 
That was in there too. So there we can forget Herbie. Herbie. I can forget Herbie. That's that's mediocre. Uh, we got to go. Cars was ahead. the first movie I ever saw in a theater. I was four years old. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's, that's I remember that, that aged us real quick there, guys. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> so the mark. So the marketing side of NASCAR was huge that year, just with the movies. Because like I said, you got an adult mm-hmm. adult type of movie with Talladega Nights, and then you got the kids movie. That and I'll be honest, that kind of what got me hooked into NASCAR to start following full time. Yeah, right. That's, that's a great point. And I so, I guess another fun part about cars is that it's just, still relevant. Like even our high school economics class a few years ago made us write a paper on the economics well, that, of movie cars. I mean, it's really true. Cause like, it's actually like, crazy too. If you watch cars three, it's exactly parallel to NASCAR now. Cause you got all the right. hot, hot, hot shots getting moved up for the next right. gen car coming. Yeah. Like, like I, that, I think, Oh, that's sick. You know, like it's cool. And, they did. They nailed it. Aside from the cars too, I didn't know what happened. There. Yeah, don't, let's not talk. I about don't know cars. what you're talking about. Cars two is absolute garbage. That's not a cars movie. Listen, listen. They didn't have cars two. I don't know what you're talking about. They obviously yeah. just went cars and cars three for Dale. Like, yeah. come on now. All right, Colton. So over underrated seasons. What's that going to be from you? Um. Well, I got a point here that I noticed real quick. Off topic. Nate has some super British words that he's been saying all day. Why is like, it British? Like Evernum. And not Evernham. Yeah, so, okay, okay I see that. that? Theater, not yeah, theater. Uh, yeah, what the hell is this? Yeah, he got. He, I, I got aluminium. It. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting some serious, like, go back to your country, like type vibes from this. <laughs> like those uh, are the vibes I'm getting here. My overrated season is any season past two one T thirteen. Fair. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All of them. I, this season is gonna suck here yeah. about four or five weeks. Um, okay, this, this is gonna like this is really gonna strike a nerve with the as someone as someone who enjoys racing, I'm kind of like eh, but I see why you're saying that because of the playoffs. But like some of those seasons were fucking awesome. Like 2018 is one of the best seasons in recent memory. I'm not I think. 2016 was pretty good. I don't like if you just if you just take away the playoff format, you're you're golden. That 2018 right. season was amazing. But my thought is, ten races out of the year for the past. What is it now? Eight seasons? Yeah, they're gonna be ruined for me. I mean, you're talking about over a quarter of the schedule is just ruined. That's like in football if they decided to play with a goddamn soccer ball for four games out of the year. Yeah. It's not. It ruins it. That's why. That's it. I mean, I agree. There was great racing in 2018, 2014, 2016. Um, even this year, we've had some pretty damn good races. Um, just the entire season gets spoiled after we hit that first playoff break. I yes. guess I mean I you're, you're I not wrong, but you know, I, I don't know. Yes, but no. Like I said before, like I said before, we got on um on the broadcast. You know, every time that we come into our stream, and anytime anyone gets into a conversation um with, with, with fans, our age or mentality, it always delves into playoffs suck. So uh let's just I mean Colton got the one thing us. we will agree on. <laughs> yeah, right. So Nathan how about you for over or underrated seasons? You know, for I'm going to have to go with an under for seasons, and I think that's 2012. Um, okay. You'll see years like right. he said, 2014 gets a bunch of credit. 2011 gets a bunch of credit. But you never really see a bunch for 2012. Um, the racing product was mostly good from what I can remember. Um, there was a lot of different things going on with the points. Um, Greg Biffle led the points for like two-thirds of the year before the chase started. And then you had – one of the better chases, I think, between the two and the 48 that were pretty much neck and neck for most of the year. Um, the only gripe I had against it is that 
the title kind of was decided on bad luck. Um, Johnson had that parts failure at Homestead, and then he had the tire failure at Phoenix. I think if you take those two away, the title probably comes down to the last race. And, hey, heck, uh, if Clint, all if of Clint, it was authentic. There was, it wasn't like organic, and the racing itself was great too. Hey, Clint Boyer doesn't get taken out. Who knows what could have happened, you know? Yeah, like, that's another he, thing. It could have gone three ways. He could have gone out to Homestead, yeah. dominate the race, win the race, and guess Like, you never know. Yeah. Like, 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 I just Clint think Boyer is Phoenix, a cup champion. Like, I just think that season is crazy. I mean, I there's think so Clint, much things in there that go under the radar, and there were some great races too, like Watkins Glen, okay, 500, wanna, all that stuff. I do want to say this. that 2012 is probably my favorite season in NASCAR. 2011 is everybody's favorite season in NASCAR from the modern era. Probably. Those two years show shows me that the COT is my favorite race car, and anyone who says otherwise can go, you know, F themselves. Hey, um, thank you. Okay. Um, so, anyways, um, I did want to say this. Somebody needs to mark that down. We need to do a, a, a what if on Clint Boyer. So, somebody needs to write that down for later uh, because uh, uh, there's a lot of fun that we could have with that. Um, so, I'll move on. I'm, I'm going to probably just say that the 2001 season is a little bit underrated. Um, I know we lost Dale Earnhardt, but after that, um, the points battle, um, yeah. it, it didn't come down to a really close points battle. But we had, what, 18 or 19 different winners that season? And when do we see yeah. that again? We this don't year. see that again yet. I mean, <laughs> maybe this year. That's, I think we're already yeah, out of parts of that one. Um, I but thought yeah, it was cool so, that Ricky Rudd was like a title contender. Like, I wish he would have won. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think that's that, cool. I, I think that year kind of just gets pushed under the rug just because like what you were saying, like the whole Dale Earnhardt thing, I think everyone just forgets whatever. I, Cause I know, I think Jeff Gordon won the championship that year, right? Oh yeah. He won. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's why I, I kind of also had nine 11 and, and yeah, pushed, too. you know, that New Hampshire was yeah. the finale. It was just the whole thing. Robbie Gordon, yeah. Robbie Gordon, yeah. Robbie Gordon yeah. 24 out and wins the race. I actually watched that race a couple weeks ago. Not gonna lie, I watched the whole thing straight through. And I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty good. This it was actually a really good race, honestly. Like, if you guys get a chance, go back and watch that. Yeah, Talladega, the fall Talladega race, the EA Sports 500. That's like that was one of the better Talladega Absolutely. races in my mind. Yeah, I mean the July Daytona race was a classic as well. I mean that was one of those seasons yeah. that was just phenomenal. So I think that's a little underrated just because it was overshadowed by 9-11, of course, yeah. Dale Earnhardt's death. Uh, so, Jared, what you got next for us? Oh, let's go tracks. You guys want to go tracks? Mm-hmm. All, All right, right, I'll take go. it. I'm going to go biased. I'm going to say underrated Pocono. As a regular attendee of Pocono since 2007, I will say I know a lot of people will give it a lot of crap on because I, I get it. The races aren't really that good. But you go back to races like prior to the stages and stuff, there was always a lot of strategy to be played in there. Like I know there's, like I said, there wasn't a lot of like memorable finishes or whatever. I know Mm -hmm. this, I know this year we got lucked out with two really good races, but like strap from a strategy point wise and like not watching the broadcast and stuff. And, you know, there'd be guys that pit on lap five or whatever and try to see like, Oh, are we going to try to make this a three stop or four stop type of race? So I think like from a strategic standpoint, I think that's one of the better tracks plus i'm also going to be biased and say like you just got to be there to be like wow this is actually a pretty cool track rather than mm-hmm. be like oh this kind of sucks you know i think that's what everyone kind of agrees with every 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 home track you know like i know dakota said like atlanta's really good which i'm probably sure it pretty is but but like i was saying i think from a strategic standpoint pocono was pretty good plus 
you actually had guys driving then unlike now where Kyle Busch can just be stuck in fourth gear and race the whole time but or back in that back then you had to worry about shifting how many times every right, single yeah. turn because you got three different corners that you have to shift differently from and you got long straightaways and fuel mileage and so i think like i said as a, from a strategical standpoint i think pocono is a very underrated track and that was probably a super difficult for the old school drivers to race on yeah i think i would agree fully um one thing i do miss is the shifting um i think as part of the 550 package being there it's where you're not really you're not really pushing the engine as much with the 550 package yeah, i would just say you're going full throttle, letting off on turn one, and then yeah, that's it. Here, that's like the shifting video. was so cool to me. Like I think, like the fuel saving, like drivers could choose whether or not they wanted to shift because, you know, do you want to shift right now and go? You want to show your cards right now, or do you want to you want to save up a little bit for later? Maybe save some fuel and not shift. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. Being a Danny Hamlin fan, it's really easy to say Pocono is one of my favorite tracks. I love the unique tracks. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm all for more, more uniqueness in the schedule. So that's the double, yeah, I'll double, say head, double, double header really hit nice. So I can't yeah think about that. I love that from a marketing yeah. standpoint, that area standpoint, that's a home run. And I think if they take that off the schedule or whatever, I think that's a big loss for NASCAR. And I, again, that's also maybe probably being a Pennsylvania bias there, but I think they should keep the double header there and make it its own big, unique mid-summer, early-summer, pre-4th of July type of party thing. Absolutely. Party, and it, party, you mean, party in the poker. It's refreshing as well. Yeah. All right, Colton, what track you got? Don't you? Um, overrated. Richmond. Track sucks Okay. Ass. Okay, that's fair. Yep. I hate people I, who up Richmond every time we go race there. Um, okay. You've three oh, good Richmond races in the last 20 years, and I'll give you $5. You can't – I will give you 2008 – where Kyle Busch and Dale Jr. had their little beef. Um, I will give you the year that uh, Carl Edwards spun out Kyle Busch to win the race. Um, other than that, Spingate. that sucks. Okay, so this is wow. an interesting one for me. So when it comes to Richmond, Richmond sucks ass. When it comes to Richmond, when they were still sealing the track, Richmond was awesome. When that sealer was, was hot during the day and they cooled off during the night, we saw – Really interesting races. Like uh, I remember, uh, I want to say it was one of Tony Stewart's first wins in 1998. There, first, yeah, yeah, like that was a, a great race. So, like I, when I think back to older NASCAR, when I think back to sealed Richmond, I think a great racetrack. But like, yeah, I can't. I, yeah, it's not really that short track that you can say um, we see on uh, on the. Well, it's not really that exciting, right? Yeah. I mean, race race wise, like full through, I think it's pretty good. But like, as it for excitement level, it's not there. What was it? Was it last? Was it last year where Martin Truex that Martin Truex won? They think they only had two cautions and they were both stage cautions. Was that last yeah. season? So, not yeah. sure if that's to do with the cars and not the track though, as well. So well, I don't fair, know. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, Nathan. Sense. Yeah. All right, Nathan. Um, what's your track? Um, I'm going to go like all the way across the pond for this one. I think Hockenheim is a really cool racetrack. I wish NASCAR got to go there, but problem is it's in Germany. Um, people got really mad when they did the reconfiguration because they mm -hmm. liked the long straightaways and like two chicanes, but I didn't really like that. There wasn't much to that track. Um, the so races were pretty much decided on. No, I'm saying the current Hockenheim's underrated. Not okay. the, old, the yeah. old one was overrated, but the current one okay, is gotcha. underrated. Like I think 
they've put on some really good races there. It's a fun track to drive in any sort of simulator video game. And it's one of those few tracks that seems to put on a good race, no matter what car is on it. I think I would kill for a NASCAR race there. Um, you got a hairpin, tons of braking. You have a stadium section, all sorts of tight, slow speed corners. Um, it almost screams stock car track to me. I, I'd really love it. So I'd agree with that. If we can yeah, bring NASCAR I mean, to Germany, we're going there. Absolutely. I think it is an underrated track. I wish I'd go there every year in Formula One. The whole back and forth thing kind of infuriates me. Yeah, it, that it's kind of like it. a short track for those cars, in my right. opinion. Because like you said, braking zones, passing zones, um, a ton of different combinations of corners. It's just a wonderful track. and I don't think it gets as much credit. Um, for me, uh, I'm going to take a little bit different route with this, and I'm going to say for, for NASCAR, the summer series of, I guess, the mid-2000s uh, to the mid-2010s that we saw, you know, Indy, Pocono, Michigan, and, and even some of the other races like Kansas and stuff like that, all used to be fuel mileage races. And so I think those big tracks, and Auto Club included, all of them collectively are underrated because people thought they were boring because they would always get strung out. But when you think of races that were insane, I always think of those those tracks coming down to a random, you know, where did he come from finish, like an, an auto club with, with Kevin Harvick. Uh, I want to say it was 2011 um, and coming through, uh, through on gas mileage to pass a couple cars to win. You know, just gas mileage races in general. Like, go, go back to the Coke 600 that Dale Jr. lost to Kevin Harvick that same year. Oh. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I look at Michigan races. Uh, the one uh, – Dale Jr. won it on fuel mileage over – I want to say it was Greg Biffle. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2012. 2012, 2012 yeah. yeah. And, and that is – yeah, that was a classic race in, in general. I don't know. I just really, really, really love those uh, those yes. big long racetracks with the long runs and the uncertainty of fuel mileage races. And you can't tell me you don't like them either because you liked um, the uh, Kurt Busch Daytona 500 win and um, all those that I've already listed. So any of you that are listening or watching and say that you don't like fuel mileage races, but when I bring that up, you kind of perk up in your seat. Quit lying to yourselves. Fuel mods races are awesome. Yes, sir. Right. Like, I don't need them every week, but they're fun every now and then. Especially yeah. Yeah. bring in a couple per year. Second race race is a pretty good fuel mileage race. Yep. Yeah, and that's what we used to get from the summer series at those big tracks, and I miss it. Uh, like like you said, this year with, with Pocono, we got the refresher. Uh, but other yep. than that, it looks like we're, we're, we're starting to get to the wrap-up, but we've got one more topic. This is completely random. So pull just whatever you want to out of your hat. Jared, uh, what do you got to make us uh, kind of get a little stirred? Well, well, you kind of like really brought into the topic topic here, uh, Summer Series. You guys remember the old TNT Summer Series? Yeah. TNT yeah. Summer Series. I honestly, like, I absolutely loved that, like, six to seven week segment that they always had. It was like Kyle Petty and those guys all talking or whatever. And I honestly really thought, like, they had really cool, sick intros or whatever. I, didn't, I think, like, in yeah. 2007, 2008, they had, like, the Born to be Wild ready to go. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Or the TNT Countdown to Green. And it just brings back, like, a little nostalgia. And even some of, like, the coverage-wise, I remember I watched an old race from Kentucky. I'd like to say it was either 2013, maybe. They did, like, your crank-it-up sort of thing or whatever, except they did it during pit stops. 
So it was a green I flag. I don't remember that. If I, if I can find the clip, I'll send it to you guys. But I remember one of the – it was the Kentucky night race. They were doing green flag pit stops, and they did, like, that your crank it up type of thing. And I just thought that was the absolute, like, I don't know. It was something pretty cool and unique. I wish they would kind of do that more because I know crank it up kind of sucked this year on Fox yeah. just for the fact that for some reason they decided to add radio – like talking onto him like dude this isn't cranked up like what are you doing but yeah i honestly love the summer series like whenever i was a kid i knew whenever nascar switching to tnt i'm like all right first week of summer we're going to tnt let's get let's get rolling and i think it was always like pocono michigan sonoma wide open coverage july 4th weekend date pepsi 400 or coke zero 400 yeah I think that was the best thing ever and then I think they wrapped it up with like New Hampshire or something, and then they had their off week, and then they went to ESPN. But either way, those yeah. those six weeks, six seven weeks, or whatever, I think those were as a kid that was probably my favorite TNT Summer Series. Actually, Jared, to correct you on that, the Summer Series was Pocono to Pocono, so they started oh, with the okay. June race and ended with the July slash August race in Pocono. Okay. I distinctly remember that. I will say definitely that's underrated because when I look back to the broadcast team, I see Adam Alexander and um, Kyle Petty, and two guys that get hounded on a lot, Some one of which, Adam Alexander, I've hounded on on the show. Uh, but all i got to say is to to the guys that th- say that that's not a good thing and they don't want TNT back, well, I'm sorry, but it was incredible. Uh, yeah. So, all right, you guys have got anything to say about the TNT Summer Series before we move no, on? Yeah, uh, I agree everything. It's the nostalgia for me, man. I mean, yeah. the TNT Summer Series meant that it was summertime for us and that, you know, yeah. it was three months till school started and I didn't have to worry mm-hmm. about anything. It was so cool. Um, I always missed, like, the Sonoma race was usually, like, the first or second week of yeah. summer, and that's how I knew, all right, it's summertime, like, time to go ride bikes and have fun and everything. Yep. That's what I missed about TNT was the nostalgia. Yeah, well, um, before we move on, I do need to ask Colton, do we need to leave you for last? Mm, sure okay all right well we'll move on to nathan next and then i'll go and then we'll end the show on coltons all right nathan um honestly this is gonna be kind of divisive but i'm gonna go overrated and i'm gonna go carl edwards for this one um i would not say that he's a bad driver i think it's just because he retired early like i'm not saying he's overrated and it's not like his fault at all it's just that Media and fans tend to hype up drivers that retired very early or had their careers cut short. That's just how it's always been. And I you think see. that with Carl Edwards, people always say that, you know, because he retired early, they think, oh, yeah, he for sure would have won a championship. And you think about that. If he retires early, what you don't know. Maybe he would have gone winless the next three years of his career. Right. You know, that happened to him. He would win a bunch of races one year. He would go winless. He would win a bunch of races. He would go winless. He would win a bunch of races and he would go winless. So what's to say that, you know, there's a lot of things going on out there that we don't know what would have happened with Edwards. Would he have got the age 38 peak season? Would he have, would he have just kind of withered away? We don't know that. Um, I think he had some great seasons, 2011 and 2008 included, but I just feel like there are drivers out there without titles that are better than he is. I just, I just think a lot of the hype comes from his popularity. Well, he basically just had three good seasons. He had that 2008 right. season. He had that 2011 <sighs> season. Then he had his 2016 season. And even the man, 2016 season, like man, you guys had, are killing me. I'm not. Look, I'm not saying he's I'm a bad race car driver. I'm not saying he's a bad race car driver. I'm just saying that 
for all the hype he gets around not winning a title, like where is this love for like Denny Hamlin? Where is this love for Mark Martin? Where is this for everybody? You, you else? want to know where that love is? All right, I'll, Man, I'll, first Denny of all, him. I'm gonna say I hate you because you're using my logic that I use with Dale Jr. against me because I fucking <laughs> love Carl Edwards. All right, you know why I love Carl Edwards because he is. He is the new era Dale Earnhardt. He is that blue collar guy that all of us can attest to being, you know, just that regular dude that went on out there and drove race cars at 200. I mean, hey, look, that's why he was so popular. The parallel is they both right rear people to win races. So, I mean, 1986 Richmond, 2010 Gateway. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) But here's the thing when it comes to Carl Edwards, you can't say that he's overrated. Because I feel like he doesn't yeah. get the credit he deserves because everyone he, loves Carl Edwards. How is he underrated? Because There's no one out there that sleeps on him. Everyone loves him. You yeah. say love him. They, yeah, but they I like him. I'm just looking at it from a oh, neutral no, he lo- they love on they love Carl Edwards because of who he is, not because of what he does. When I go back and I look at how crazy this mother was, the the Keselowski thing was great for the sport. The two thousand and I want to say seven, was eight, great or for nine. The sport? He tried to kill a guy. <laughs> it got ratings, didn't it? That's why they use crashes and thumbnails now. Um, yeah, anyways, but like it's, that's like okay. I guess I'll say this: you did say that on track should matter more with Dale Jr. So I, I guess I don't see how off track all of a sudden matters more because it's Carl Edwards. No, um, it matters more. Subway, people. That's what I'm saying. No, is you're you're underrated. You're saying he's un- overrated because of no. His I'm saying that. Love. Look, I'm saying I think he's underrated because he didn't early, get the credit. His retiring early made people forget that you know he was a streaky driver. Um, you can't for sure say that he would have won a championship had he stayed around because who you cares don't know. if he wins a championship. Our drivers haven't. We both right. are favorite I'm not drivers are Mark Martin and, not and, he's and bad. Denny Hamlin. I'm just saying that. that like Dale Jr. did it. Like, I'm just saying that people always, you know, they, they think personality and they don't think actual like product on track. And you know you look at you look at the subreddit, for example, for a year for years they would say, Oh, you know, I you know, they asked like, oh, maybe Hamlin, he might be better than Carl Everson. I'm like, what do you mean might? He has twice the wins now. And it's like because of the personality, it just – it's almost like there's a myth around him that cannot right, be broken. You still haven't let me say what I was going to say about his driving style. He did not care where he had to put that car to get the job done, and that's why he doesn't have the results on half the seasons where he wasn't winning because he would do what he had to do to win. He was a kind of checkers or records guy. I don't think he had enough longevity in the season because NASCAR kept changing the stuff and he was the one who was not going to say anything, but just bail out. I will say this. I think I will say that he is probably like the perfect full season points guy. Like I think his 2008 and his 2011 were a better single seasons than, say, Hamlin or Mark Martin have probably ever had, bar 1990 or 1998, because, you know, he was the guy. I just think that, though, other than that, I'm not sure what I could I could use as a measuring stick for him, because it's very confusing. His career confuses me. I mean, it, it's like, yeah, I kind of agree with Nathan on that. Like, if you really think about it, like, what did he really do, like, 13, 12, 13, 14, 15. Oh, he's in the championship, 16, then retires. Or even before that, like, yeah, he right. won that he won that big Atlanta race with against Jimmy Johnson. But then after that, like winless get, and then win, winless. Yeah. Like, oh, 2008, 2009, oh, 2011, uh, 2017, retired. 
Yeah. Sounds like it's a Mark Martin career to me. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I mean, Mark Martin had what? How many top 10 points finishes in a row? He had like 10 or something like that. I mean, Carl had years where he won nine races and was the guy to beat. And then the next year he was invisible. Like, I don't, I can't explain that. I don't know. Colton, what do you got for us? Do you have anything on the Carl Edwards debate first? Nate, I can't even with you, dude. (laughs) Carl Edwards can't because we're debating you. The coolest thing about Carl Edwards, trivia fact for you, he is the only driver in history to get his Bush Series and Cup Series first wins on the same Hey, that's cool. Like, that's cool. He has some great stuff. Um, I just don't I, I I love bringing that up whenever I can. Um, he's a, he's like a myth for me, NASCAR-wise. They kept the point standings as the Winston Cup format, and he would have won two titles, and we wouldn't Yeah, I'm not denying that. I think that's for sure. I just I, – I, I don't wrong. know. You're just wrong. <laughs> I'm not just wrong. <laughs> Your opinion it, sucks. No, it doesn't. Um, I don't know. My – the final over-underrated – I'm going to go overrated all of Formula One past 2002. Ooh, that's a oh, that's a good one. I think I will say this. I would agree with you on one and disagree with you on one point. I think the racing product sucks. There's no way around it. Like the cars are fat. The cars are long. They The tires are too sensitive. They can't be pushed. They can't, you know, the temperature windows are way too sensitive. And there's way too much going on with cars for the drivers to actually just focus on racing. And I will agree with you on that part. I think the racing needs vast improvement. But then on the other part, I will say that the one thing that F1 does better than any other series is the authenticity. Like the rules, at least it's a full season championship. It's simple to understand. And they have, they do a great marketing job and get a ton of people. And they certainly don't have any controversies like we saw with Hamilton Verstappen. I mean, <laughs> that's part of every motorsport. FIA just yeah. sucks, too, yeah. Right, FIA yeah. sucks, but well, I do think that they do a great job of, number one, it's still a prestigious thing. Like, there's no – it's not as, like, you won't hear Mickey Mouse jokes for whoever the champion is because that doesn't happen over there. Right. And the marketing side, I think they do a better job of attracting their audience and without selling out for it. Like, they don't create a playoff format thinking it's going to make new fans. They just stick with what they do best, and it works. So I think I'm going to have to agree with half and disagree with the other. Colton, Colton, Colton. You done pissed me off. <laughs> okay. When I, when I, you said 2002. Uh, and if that's you were, if you, if yeah, you would have said, you would have said 2014, I'm fine. What yeah, about like, look, go look at 2010, 2010. go look at 2012, no, go look at 2007. Sir, stop taking my talking points. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. 2004, fastest cars ever. 2006, the Alonso Championship. 2007, the Raikkonen Championship. What was it? Twenty. It was either 2008 or 2010, where the Brazil race it came down to with yeah, with Seb winning. was a final corner it, championship. Yeah, that, that was 2008. Five drivers right. eligible for the title. Exactly. The and then 2012, they they opened one. the racing series. With eight winners in the first eight races, that is unheard of. And then look at 2007. You had the top three in points were separated by one point with the Spygate scandal. Hamilton Alonso tied on points. Hamilton almost won the title as a rookie. And then Raikkonen comes out of nowhere to take it by a point. And it's like there are so much cool, authentic things going on in F1. That that. That's space of time. 14, sure. That's space of time. There you go. I think the hybrid hybrid era. 
Yeah, yeah. it sucks. It sucks. It really does. Like yeah, I'm, I'm I just gonna say it. Like, that. ah, F1 blows. Nathan, I'm gonna I have to. I'm gonna have to ask you not to take the words out of my mouth. All right, I'm sorry. Like I see, <laughs> I we just think the same. Great minds think alike. Okay. I know. I know. That's why we're both left-handed and love Denny Hamlin. Like, come on. Yeah. But yep. still. All right. Well, it's been a really fun episode, guys. We got a little bit heated right there at the end. Nathan trying to kill me with them. Carl Edwards telling him he's overrated. Ugh. And then Colton's out here trying to piss off the whole Formula One fan base with the most classic modern era uh, seasons between 2002 and 2014, a part of him saying it sucks. I don't know. Maybe that is what it is. I was going to say something about road racing um, as mine. Don't, so um, don't, don't call it over. I, 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 no, I was gonna go. Say, I was going to. Uh, I was gonna say that it's underrated because the experience is better, and NASCAR fans tend to hate road racing. Um, so that's that's it. Um, all right. Well, this has been a chaotic last ten or fifteen minutes. Um, I hope you guys have had fun listening. Um, so I will go ahead and pass it off to Colton and Jared. They've got an announcement to make for, um, what they're doing. Um, as a, I don't know. You guys take it. I don't know. If it's an item I'll fill Jared in. Cause I kind of messaged him in a private chat and just asked him and he said, yes, but I didn't actually explain what we're doing. Um, for those of you that tune into chair gating semi-regularly or follow me on Twitter, um, I did an episode of NASCAR trivia, which we deemed NASCAR jeopardy. Um, on Chairgate and a couple months ago, um, Johnny Thomas was the winner of it. I do giveaways for it. Um, it's my own trivia questions that I come up with. I generate the game. And Jared is going to be guest starring on that tomorrow. We're going to do it again. Jeopardy oh, man, I want to on Chairgate. And y'all hop on and check it out. It's going to be cool. Um, we're also trying to work on a big trivia game for NASCAR Twitter. Um, so keep an eye out for that. I'm piling up like 3,000 questions to do a huge trivia. Are wow. we eligible to play, like the four of us? As of now, yeah, I'm not, but you three are. Um, Ooh, okay, awesome. yeah, I'm, count me in. I will Ooh, play that. Okay. But yeah, so I mean, I do this stuff all the time. I really love trivia. Um, I go to the trivia night at the bar all the time. Um, anything trivia, I love. So I'm gonna try to get something together. Um, but I am hosting it tomorrow night. Um, I will be the one, like the Alex Trebek of sorts, uh, asking the questions. Uh, you know, awarding the points. Um, and I will be supplying the giveaway, so y'all be sure to check that out tomorrow night. Um, it's going to be cool. Jared's going to be on it. Our very own Jared Bakaisa. Let's go. I guess I got to do, right. yeah. do, do some studying tonight, huh? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Get on racing reference. Yeah. Who, who am I? Uh, <laughs> is, it just, is Rattlesnake going to be on tomorrow night? I don't know if he's answering questions, but he'll be, he'll be a co-host with me. Um, it'll be Dakota Rutledge, Jacob and Trek, and, and then I think Nathan Grant as well. Okay, so we got to be. I think Colton's going to have a bunch of Ricky Rudd stats as questions. Just to have All of them. Uh, what year did he win at this track, or how many yeah. road course races did he win? Yeah, I, don't, I don't even know what to study for. This is worse than the SATs. Go to Ricky Rudd's Wikipedia page. <laughs> Hey, just you know what you should do? You should have Nathan on a hotline where they can't see on stream. Because anything that you don't know, he will know because he is like Look, the man. genius Look, when man. it comes to stats. We don't, we don't, we don't do, we don't do our cheating in public. We do backdoor stuff. Like you just gave us all away. Yeah. Oh fuck! I didn't realize we were still alive. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, now, now we're not like now we're we're, we're ratted out. Like we, we're caught. Yeah. We can't. Yeah, I'm not, we can't I'm not do our scheme anymore. The master plan's over. We gotta take All that right, well, tear gate and crew. Yeah.
Yeah. Well, we will eventually be doing that, um, but uh, we'll have to wait for that. There's some other stuff coming around in the future. Uh, yep. Jared will be joining us next week. We have a major, major show next week. It's probably going to be even shorter than this one, but it's going to be short, sweet, to the point. You won't want to miss it. Um, with that being said, um, I don't know if Nathan has any plugs. I'll go ahead and plug myself. Go watch me on Team Goon Squad uh, for the All-American Arca Series. And then Jared, um, when's hey, your next fourth let's, year? Uh, let's uh, shout out Dalton Good first off for this awesome merch. Welcome to Smashville. So go check out the Left Turn Call. Go buy some Dalton Good merch. That's my plug. I don't have anything any for your parts. Other than me wanting to play that NASCAR Twitter trivia whenever that comes out. Like, yeah. I, I need to play that game. Hell yeah. All right. Well, as always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening uh, all the way to the end. If you're on a streaming platform, if you're not, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else that you listen uh, to your podcasts. We are on Twitter at Fanfuel Podcast One, capital F, capital F. Capital P, type one on the end. Join in on the conversation. You're probably watching there already right now, but uh, we would love to have you on the show as a fan spotlight or just chiming in during the show. Uh, we'll get you up on the screen. If you got something to talk about, we will definitely rant about it uh, because we're four hot heads. So uh, other than that, we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. Bye. See you.